This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. The Geeks were right. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Good morning. Welcome in to Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wilts Couture, IT expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is the MPB Think Radio show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department all wrapped up in one convenient package. Jeremy will help you fix it, and Wilts will help you keep it safe, and both can do either, actually, so you're good in either's hands. Either's hands, is that right? Anyway, as always, we want to hear from you. Got any problems with uh, your tech? Questions, comments? You want to share anything awesome or ridiculous? Or what is making your tech world go round, as I like to say every week? Call us today. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And today, by request of the computer doctor, it is a year in review. The uh, year in tech, 2020. If we want to look back, of course, tech kept on going. It's like um, one of those things it's like uh, when you get into the um, uh, the funeral business, there's always going to be people dying. That business is always going to be hot. Uh, technology is kind of the same way these days, even though the world seemed to uh, screech to a halt in uh, many different uh, ways. Tech kept right on going. And in fact, Tech kind of grabbed center stage for a lot of folks this year. So uh, it is an interesting thing to look back at how tech played a role in people's lives this year. And the biggest stories, there were a lot of good stories. There were a lot of uh, interesting products that came out. A lot of, of course, a lot of great advances. But also, uh, as you might expect, in a multi-billion dollar industry, uh, including some of the largest companies on planet Earth these days, the highest grossing companies on planet Earth, there's a lot of scandal to be had with money and power. So uh, good morning to you, fellas. Let's start with Wiltz. Wiltz, good morning. How are things going? How was the holidays? Man, it was uh, it, it was wonderful, kind of enjoying that nice, quiet week between Christmas and New Year's when, you know, so many people are out and it's like, this is like my catch-up time. It's great. I love catch up. So many little things out of the way. Absolutely. You do get to catch up a little bit. Uh, hopefully I can get to that at some point. I, I haven't, haven't set aside that time yet. Maybe in the next couple of days. New Year's is uh, a good opportunity to get some time off and, and not have quite so much of the running around to do like the days yes. surrounding Christmas. Do you get any tech for Christmas or anything like that? No, I did not actually. I had a uh, I had a low tech Christmas. Yeah, you know the kids got a little bit on the tech side, of course. You know, uh, Bluetoothy things. Well, I don't know. Daughter went low tech too. She went for the jewelry and clothes. So that's all right. Um, so you know, it was a it was a low tech Christmas around the Cotrera household. And I think I think I think I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes throwing a change up in there is is quite all right. Uh, well, the hard part was is like you know, of course, our our Christmas. Speaking of when you were saying before about how this year everything has changed, we uh, we took our Christmas digital. And let me tell you, trying to support a digital, a, a Zoom meeting for multi-generational family members. I'm trying to think of the right way of putting that. Yeah. Can uh, can be a tech challenge in and of itself. So it was uh, it was entertaining. 
And because you're you're that guy in the family, right? You're responsible for toting all that along, right? Exactly. Anytime anything goes wrong, Wilts, what's the problem? Wilts, come fix it. Exactly. Yes, yes. So it was, uh, hey, but we finally got it together, had a really good time with it, had a lot of laughs. Really wished I would have hit that record button for some <laughs> uh, you know, good blackmail material down the road. Ooh, but yeah. I skipped that one, but it'll be all right. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I, you know, I had a, a, a 20-year career in sports talk radio that ended a couple of years ago. And still, though, when the holidays come around, I'm the sports guy, and everybody wants to talk about the sports around me. But the last two years, I've actually rather enjoyed detoxing from things like, you know, college football specifically. Um, a whole lot. I've enjoyed that uh, greatly. And so they want to talk about that stuff, and I kind of have to fake my way through it to a certain extent. Although I can't escape it on my timeline because of the 3,000 or so people that follow me on Twitter. And that's not humble brag. It's not the hugest number in the world. Of the 3,000 people that I follow mean, it, me, it's decent. an overwhelming majority are because of sports and college football in particular. So I kind of can't get away from it, all told, for the and most part. And now you're the nerd guy. Right. Well, I know the nerd guys. I'm the one. I'm a wannabe nerd guy. So we're bringing I, you into the fold. Right. I know enough to break stuff and be dangerous. I know enough to get into the door and 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 get things out of order and unarranged and be like, I don't know why this is not working and just leave it. That's that's about my extent. Jeremy, how about you, man? How was your how was your holidays? Um, I had a pretty chill Christmas. I actually uh, stayed at home. I didn't uh, see much family. I wasn't feeling too well. Um, I'm fine now, but um, I just wanted to play it safe and sure. uh, try to try to do my part to keep this horrible virus away from my own family. Um, other than that, I, I've been you know just uh, I've got a gaming rig that I'm uh, building for a kid right now. He tried to put it together for Christmas and. Um, I really don't know why it didn't work when he booted it up because uh, I pulled up his processor yesterday. He didn't bend any of his pins or anything. Um, I did find a little piece of hair, so I guess that hair could be the culprit, but I uh, blew it off, put it right back in his motherboard, and fired it right up. So now I'm going to be <laughs> optimizing it and tweaking it and stress testing it and all for him to make sure that it's going to work uh, the way that it needs to for many years to come. Um, so it was the, it was the age far, old uh, auto mechanic thing. It's like uh, your the car doesn't work. It's making all these sounds. It won't crank, and you take it to the mechanic, and you're like, "See, listen to this," and it cranks right up and works just fine, right? Well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I dropped my own processor on the board to see if it would actually boot it, and it did. So I was like, "Okay, well, either he's got a bad processor, or there's something wrong with that one." But like I said, I checked it on the microscope and it looked fine. I was looking for bent pins. Of course, there's like a thousand of them. So, you know, you got to look pretty close. Yeah. But um, once I put it back down, fire right up. I love it when that happens. <laughs> That'll be $1,000, sir. That's right. <laughs> so um, as far as Christmas goes, um, I didn't get a lot of tech. I got myself something. That's, that's pretty much how it always works because nobody knows... I mean, I always try to get, like, new stuff and play with it so I can teach other people how to use it or review it or whatever. You know, sometimes I just like gizmos. Um, but I got this cool thing called a, uh, a Lumi keyboard, and um, it teaches you to play piano, and it's like a lit LED RGB keyboard. So it pairs with an app on your phone, and it's kind of like Guitar Hero, the app, where it'll, like, walk you through how to play. But um, as y'all know, my grandma passed away earlier this year, and she uh, played piano in her younger years. And I thought, how apropos would it be to just start learning to play piano and pick up where grandma left off? So um, I really like the way it works. Um, I feel like I actually am getting better at piano. At first, it was really frustrating when it was like, put two hands on it and play what the other hand is playing. It's like, oh, that sounds hard. Uh, because you have to, you know, like your thumb and your pinky have to be doing the same thing and your, uh, your pointer finger and your ring finger have to be doing the same thing and you have to synchronize that all the way across. It was, it was tough at first, but then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. All right. So I do pretty, I feel pretty confident about my ability to play piano or that I'm learning to play piano 
and uh, I look forward to uh, to more lessons with Malumi. Um, That's got me super other- intrigued because I want to learn how to play piano. That's like one of my one of the things that I want to do. I mean, that and like learning Japanese are like the two big bucket list things. Uh, learning to speak Japanese uh, are like the two big bucket list things that I want to like do as like a adult uh, adult improvements. So that's got me encouraged because I always hear that as adults, it's really hard to learn how to play piano. I don't know why. Well, but. I, I like it because it has video lessons that go along with it that kind of explain things slowly. And then you get to that two-handed thing, and it's just like, good luck. <laughs> I just, at first, I fell flat on my face, you know. But I just kept kept working with it, and um, I, I eventually started to, started to click. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, can, I can do this. But... Um, I was I'm the same way. Like I, I've wanted to learn piano for a while. I've actually had a synthesizer for a while as well, and I make you know little beats and stuff on the side. But I've never really learned how to play the piano. I could just sit down and you know hit out a few notes that sound cool. But now I want to know about the music theory and how to read music. And this app actually teaches you all that stuff over the course. So I'm really excited about it. Very, very cool. I had to, when I, when I learn or if I learn how to play piano, I have to unteach myself the air piano that I've played for low these many years, listening to Elton John and Billy Joel and Ben Folds and people like that. So I think I, that, that might be my biggest obstacle is having to unlearn my air piano. It's know. probably not as hard as you think it is because once I mean, you, if you do get the app, if you do get a Lumi, it starts you off like, Training wheels, okay? Forget training wheels. Let's go with baby steps first. <laughs> I mean, at, at the beginning, I was like, this is easy. Is the whole thing going to be like this? And then, you know, it, it rapidly got a lot uh, a lot more difficult. It's like, oh, are you snarky, are you? Okay, let's knock you down a peg. Always, I'm fascinated by people who can keep multiple uh, um, tempos going at the same time or keep multiple uh, rhythms going. And, you know, playing one thing with your rhythm hand and the other thing with your lead hand, kind of like drummers. You know, I, I'm I'm a mean drummer when I've just got a snare and a hi-hat. You want me to throw that bass drum in, and then I'm like, you know, I, I can't. It's like walking and chewing gum at the same time. I can't do it. I must be blind. It's, it's very mean. hard. And I, I, I have the same embedded fear in my own head, like, oh, man, when we get to that stuff, I'm really going to do badly. But I just keep telling myself, like, you just got to practice. It just takes practice. That's all it is. That's how anybody learned to play an instrument and sing at the same time. And at first they teach you to do what your other hand is doing. So you do synchronized playing and then eventually they'll throw you into unsynchronized. And I'm sure that will be the biggest uphill battle of all, but it's just practice, practice, practice. Very cool. Very cool. Did you say you got a synthesizer or something like that? Or are you got uh, a piano? I got a uh, a synthesizer for my birthday earlier this year, and I've also had like an older one called a Mini Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just used it, you know, just throwing little beats and stuff together in my studio. Well, I'm I'm totally intrigued now. Now you got me wanting to do it. Maybe it's a sign that I'm supposed to follow follow you down that path so I can uh, knock out one of my bucket list things. The learning Japanese. I guess maybe I need to get uh, Rosetta Stone or something like that. Uh, <laughs> All right, 877-MPB-RING is the number, one 672 We'll take our first break here. When we come back, we'll dig into the year in technology 2020. We'll talk to the guys about you know, maybe what their biggest uh, individual story or maybe what their, uh, their the biggest summary to take away from 2020 was. We had some interesting things, some interesting shows where we talked about uh, ethics in technology and things like that, and also uh, you know, a ransomware show. Since we've done that, I've seen several stories where even bigger and more crazy things have happened with ransomware. A, a problem going forward for municipalities and school districts and uh, different types and sizes of government, including countries. Uh, just a wild scene. But we would love to hear from you. How did your world of 2020 change with technology did it make it better did it make it worse did it help you through did it make you lazy did it make you want to go to sleep 877 mpb ring this is everyday tech we'll be back
contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wilson Jeremy. I am Jay. Thanks so much for listening. Give us a call this morning, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. How has uh, tech impacted your life or changed your life or held your life together in 2020 with uh, all the stuff going on? Wilts, man, how, how during the the shutdown, I suppose you could call it, uh, during this pandemic, when it first hit and everything uh, kind of got frozen, um, what? How much did technology change in your day to day life, or did it? Well, my day to day, not so much. Uh, for my teammates, it changed pretty significantly. We had to, uh, you know, back in March, pretty rapidly get a whole bunch of people set up to work remotely. On, you know, I go from managing my one network here that I, you know, I know what's going on in the office till all of a sudden I have, you know, a dozen of different ones out there and everyone's home network is set up differently. And, you know, um, we have some teammates with the same kind of problems. Some of our listeners run into, they don't exactly live in areas with very strong, um, internet options. So, you know, we have some challenges making sure we can get them connected. So, so really the, I guess my day to day didn't change. I was still, interact in the same way that I normally would uh, just it it made support totally different because now we were having to support just so many different directions uh, getting people used to things they may not have been doing before so that was really the big challenge I think so how about at home did uh, tech change the way that you were able to pass the time or not so quickly pass the time or anything like that um Netflix (laughs) did you lean on Netflix heavily well, I mean, now, yeah, I remember, and through all of this, I was finishing up my uh, Bachelor of Science degree, so I didn't really see all of that all too much. But, um, yeah, the the kids with the school shifting. Um, and, to you're, and you're a professor at, uh, at Holmes at the same time, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, was, it was a little bit all over the place, but, but really, I, really almost to me, it just felt like business as usual from the, from the tech support side. It's what we're normally answering anyways, like, you know, uh, can you reset my password? How do I click on, you know, where's the any key, you know, things like that. <laughs> but, um, I noticed, I, I noticed it did get a little bit more frustrating for, for the kids sometimes. Um, especially my daughter, uh, we just saw, you know, a lot of the teachers and, and I'm sure there's some teachers out there listening. This was a shift for them too. And so if you're not already used to, or, or we're ready to start teaching online and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, guess what? You got a week to put this together. Um, you know, it, it, it became difficult. It became a training opportunity in a lot of different areas. Certainly. So. Certainly. Jeremy, how about yep. you, man? How did uh, technology uh, impact your 2020, specifically with uh, all of this stuff going on? Uh, there was just a massive demand for uh, people all around the same time, right about mid-March to, I don't know, June, July. It's all blur now. Um, right, yeah. Uh, to to optimize their machines to work from home or to uh, brush the dust off of that old uh, 2000 laptop. (laughs) See if we can see if we can use that to work from home. Um, There was, there was a lot of uh, inquiries and upgrades that were needed. Uh, A lot of people brought in their machines specifically because they needed to run zoom which was funny to me because before this year, I I had never even heard of Zoom. And then it was like the word on everybody's lips, Zoom this, Zoom that. Then I'm hosting a Zoom graduation. And it was like, okay, yeah. uh, the Zoom thing's going to be here for a while. Um, 
I haven't done a whole lot of video calls this year myself, but I have ensured that countless others could do theirs. And it is interesting that, I mean, there are several different ways to pull off video calls and video conferencing and things like that. It's nothing new. Uh, the technology is nothing new. Uh, the options, the platforms are nothing new. But it is interesting how the public, how the demand out there, for one reason or another, decided that Zoom was the thing they were going with, as opposed to, for example, Skype, which has been the thing that that's been kind of the word synonymous with video calling and conferencing for forever, it seems. But Zoom was the thing that just absolutely exploded. Is there is there a reason why Zoom was the one that was picked versus any of the other ones? Well, in my opinion, I think a lot of schools were using Zoom. So and that was a lot of your at least from what I was seeing, that was a lot of your people who were very rapidly being pushed online. A lot of students, be it, you know, um, K-12, college, et cetera. And I know we, we use Zoom, you know, from that side of things. In the office, we had never used Zoom before. We use WebEx generally. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was a, it was a big stretch for us. That's, that was kind of where my mind really went with that. Was that that kind of drove a lot of that? It was familiarity that if that's what the kids were using, it was pretty easy for the parents to use as well. We've also never really like tried to push Skype to the max. I mean, right now we've got four people in a call, uh, and you know, depending on their internet connections, it might get a little wonky. In fact, when I do connections with you guys now, I turn the video off because yeah. I feel like it, it stresses my connection too much, uh, and I start getting lag and delay and stuff. Um, we don't know how powerful Skype is. I don't know how many people you can cram into a Skype session. I would like to, to find out, but I guess Zoom is just better equipped for that. Yeah. And also, you don't directly have to have a Zoom account to join a Zoom meeting. So that probably also incentivizes a lot of people who don't want to set up accounts or, or don't want to go through a bunch of extra work to use that app. Whereas Skype, you have to have a Microsoft account. That's a great point. Those are really good points, especially not having to have an account and you can get in without having to commit all the way into it. And that's I can tell you, I mean, we we not I don't know, maybe less than a year before the pandemic hit and all this kind of stuff. We had settled on Skype. It's it had been something that we had kind of been dancing around with for a long time. And we settled in with Skype, especially um, once this pandemic hit and we knew that, you know, hosts and uh, our experts and guests were not going to be able to come into the studio. And, uh, you know, we settled in on Skype or we are, we already kind of had this situation where we were implementing Skype uh, very slowly. It was kind of one of those on the back burner things when we get to it. This kind of pushed it. Oh, I've been beta testing it with you guys for a few years. <laughs> right. It's kind, yeah. of, kind of been pushing it to the front, though. And um, who knows if if we had not you know, been um, kind of messing around with that. We might have gone with Zoom. Zoom might be easier. I know Liz Gill, one of our producers and hosts, she does Zoom uh, exclusively. She doesn't want to mess with Skype, and I get it. Uh, she has uh, a lot of shows, especially in legal terms, where she has uh, herself a host in a second location and usually a guest in a third location. And so uh, you know, she likes the, the way Zoom you know, handles that and you can do screen sharing and things like that. So they can all look at the show format at the same time. It's pretty cool. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. At least we, we've paid for Skype. So we're going to use it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> so 877-MPB-RING is the number. one 672 7464 couple of callers on the line. First up, we go to Al, who's in Mobile. Al, good morning. Good morning. I, I want to put my word in for, for Zoom as a life changer. Um, it's easy. Uh, and as you said, you don't have to spend a lot. don't have to spend anything if you don't, don't get a personal account. And um, I'm a member of a 12-step program, and we meet every morning at 6 in the morning. That's awesome. And we're online for 366 days this year because we didn't miss a beat. Now, the, the in-person meetings are back. I don't think they're safe. Right. So maybe maybe around June, but uh, you can go to meetings, uh, AA, there are meetings 24 hours a day, Overeaters Anonymous, same thing, uh, Alan for the families. So it's just a wonderful tool that's, uh, I think, it saved a lot of lives. I don't think there's any question about it, uh, folks. 
you know, being able to do exactly what you were talking about, Al, instead of having to meet in person and, and putting themselves at jeopardy. I think it's a great point. And I want to give okay, well, Zoom a few extra points for uh, opening up their time or reduce taking away their time limits during the holidays so that you could stay on longer calls with your family. thought that was a really okay. good move. I mean, our Christmas Eve was a four-hour call. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and about an hour of that was just getting everything situated. It felt like maybe two hours of it. Okay, maybe three hours. I don't know. That, it was that part's it was always fun. <laughs> Al, anything else, man? What's What else has tech been doing for you in 2020? Uh, you guys do good work is, is one thing. Um, I don't know. I, I got a um, an ergonomic mouse or a... You know, some kind of a mouse that's sort of a handshake because I was double clicking everything. Yeah. Or you know, right clicking, and um, it was it was a physical therapist suggested it, occupational therapist. There you go. And that's that's it's a lot nicer not having to you know unclick it every time. Absolutely. Sometimes it's the, the very simple things. Al, we appreciate the call from Mobile this morning. Thanks for starting us off. Thank you guys. You do good work. We appreciate Bye. it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling this morning. We had B on the line in Brandon. She was up next. B, give us a call back, 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING. You guys want to say something? Uh, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why we're here, right? Oh, I, thought, uh, I thought I cut somebody off there before I gave the number. I apologize. So I, I, I just wanted to uh, have a show like this because, uh, well, I mean, let's just be real. This has been... A real challenging year for everybody. I don't know anybody who didn't crack at least a little bit this year. If you made it this far and you haven't cracked, kudos to you. But we wanted to talk about the tech that you love the most, the tech that was the most useful, the tech that that just jumped into your life and, and helped revolutionize everything for you. And although a lot of this stuff has been around for a while, we did see some, some very prominent figures come into play I, I, as far as uh, – earbuds and airbuds and all those things go there are so many different options for those things out there now there's one out there that will fit your needs and i'm i'm absolutely blown away by the way that that technology performs so that was my favorite tech of 2020 was my uh my samsung earbuds uh both the the live ones and the the buds plus they both have their place um, I ended up liking the uh, the live ones better. Those are the little beans that you stick in your ear. Yeah, they are. They're so comfortable, man. I, I can make calls so easily all throughout the day. Um, I just I don't like talking on the phone. I, I don't like holding the phone up to my head, yeah. especially you know when our phones are as big as they are these days. You're holding a a, a brick between your <laughs> ear and your shoulder, and it's very uncomfortable. So. For me, uh, being able to free up my, my neck and my head and be able to walk around my shop or drive or whatever and be able to talk to people on the phone and then be able to understand me is such a huge blessing. And I used all kinds of different headsets for many, many years now, and they were all attached. They all had to be charged a lot. They were uh, cumbersome. There, there were times where they would, they would get in the way. And the only complaint I have about the buds is having a button in your ear is not always the most convenient thing in the world. And they, <laughs> it, mo it mostly works. I mean, there's, there's occasionally, uh, you know, it won't detect that you touched it. It won't pause. Or if you're talking to somebody and you accidentally just, you know, brush your ear, it's going to turn your music on and you're not going to be able to hear that person. So, it's still a little finicky, but with every update, it's gotten a little bit more solid. And I, I've been extremely grateful to have them because they've made my life a hundred times easier. And I've noticed that a lot of video callers have little AirPods hanging out of their ears. A lot of people are using them because the, the mics really work and the sound quality is really good. And the battery life is mind-blowing. I've noticed that this year... You know, as as a radio producer, I you know I've, I host this show, but I, I produce and engineer a couple of the uh, Southern Remedy shows that we have. And I noticed that at the beginning of the year, um, the, the technology we're talking about, it was really hard to find for the the doctors that I deal with microphones that would work um, without the audio canceling itself out. And and can't the, the return audio that we send to them this is a little inside baseball. The the return audio that we send to them 
killing their microphone feed back to us. That was a huge problem. Uh, so much so that oftentimes when uh, host would start talking at the beginning of segments, we would basically have to turn the theme music that brings you back into each segment all the way off. So the music wouldn't cancel out the microphone coming through our Skype feed. And uh, as the pandemic progressed, as we went on and on and kept doing this more and more and more, our hosts got you know newer and better technology. And that wound up being a, a problem that we really don't knock on. Is there some wood around here? Uh, there's That's really an issue we don't have to deal with that much anymore. And so, I mean, over a matter of weeks, you know, we saw the the how that technology has improved over time because it's something that, that that no one was really paying attention to at first or knew to pay attention to. I'll say that. And, you know, once, you know, we figured out what we were trying to avoid and what we were trying to get through uh, to make those productions work better, the technology really handled it well, which was a, a fun thing to see, a fun problem to work out that, you know, we, you know, troubleshooting problems is not something we deal with a whole lot these days anymore, but that was a, a fun thing to work through. Well, you know, we went from having to have the mic directly in front of us or directly under us to being able to stick it in our ear yeah. in just a couple of years. I mean, that that is amazing because on my old headsets, if I wasn't like directly talking into that thing, people couldn't hear me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, the, the, the mics are more directional now. And so, uh, or I should say they're less directional. And so it doesn't have to, I mean, it could pick up your voice, as you said, without you having to be directly in front of it. Because in the past, if you weren't directly in front of it, the microphone would try to adjust, you know, and, and it would it would suck up every sound in the room and it would, you know, cancel you out a lot of times or, or you know, you would just be part of the ambient sound that it was picking up. And it was, you know, it made for some not so great sound in radio, but uh, that has improved greatly uh, over time. Eight seven seven. Sound is a very tricky mistress. <laughs> it absolutely well, a lot is. Of technology had to uh, move out of the consumer realm and come into the business realm very rapidly. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. And you talk about those earbuds, Jeremy. How about uh, Apple? And this is something that, you know, we're just getting into. This was an announcement just a couple of weeks ago that they're getting into the over-the-ear headphone business, which is something they have not done. Um, and again, not to make this about radio guys, but <laughs> Job and I both were like, yeah, you know, headphones. For some reason, radio guys and gals, like, like hardcore lifers, are hard to get into these earbuds. Because we're just so used, we've spent years of our lives with headphones on our head, specifically with cords coming out of them. Like, I, I'm still not good adapting to Bluetooth technology with earphones or earbuds. I got to have a cord. I know it's weird. Like, I still use earbuds that are wired. I don't know why. I feel better with it. It's weird. It's more secure. Part of it is I don't lose them, you know? <laughs> like Jay, we 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 were wearing the big over the over the ear headphones before they were cool. Like right. before the Beats by Dr. Dre came out, and all the, the NBA and NFL guys were wearing the big the big headphones that they wear now. Right? Like we we were always wearing these things. That's right. <laughs> y'all are like the uh, the bell bottoms of the uh, technology world. You know? Y'all are already there. <laughs> yes, we were the bell bottoms. Yeah, so totally. My only my only issue with that uh, that particular set of headphones that you were talking about uh, is the price, man. Oh, $550 certainly. Five hundred and fifty dollars, certainly. For the AirPods Max, it Later. is. It is an Apple product, so yeah, you're gonna have to uh, pawn off a kid to get it. So, uh, I mean, my thing is like Bose's top of the line is like three hundred, maybe three fifty, and Apple's gonna just jump into it and go, yeah, five hundred fifty dollars, pony up. <laughs> People are going to do it. Yes, they I will. Pay another hundred bucks for the charger. Oh my goodness! Eight seven seven MPB ring is the number. Eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Got about twenty minutes left of the show. What did technology do for your two thousand and twenty? How did it help you through? We haven't talked about streaming yet. You know how much did. Uh, I was thinking so many people were going to talk about Netflix and how Netflix or maybe Disney Plus helped them through. I know um, I got to watch Hamilton 
with all of my kids. My oldest, she's 13. She can basically recite the entire thing. And that's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she has no excuse for not making grades now because she just she memorized the entire play. Anyway, lots of streaming and stuff that was interesting to go through this year, including rate hikes for streaming services. This is Everyday Tech. We'll be back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show... Dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Jeremy, let me ask you about the year in gaming, man. What was your big takeaway from uh, gaming this year? I know Stadia stepped in, and you know you gave us a review on that, and uh, the news is, uh, at least from your perspective, it's kind of mixed yet. There's great potential still, but there's a lot to work on. But what was your thought about the year in gaming? You know, when I think about the game that I played the most this year, I have to give it to the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which came out right before the shutdown. And I was like, oh, well, that's convenient. So (laughs) I played all the way through that game. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, Hard mode is really hard. Uh, (laughs) In a a lot of places, it's just darn near impossible. But yeah, I got to give it to Final Fantasy. That That was the most exciting release because you know that that game came out oh gosh how old was i like 10 i can't remember exactly how old i was but it came out a long time ago on playstation and to play a modernized version of it was just it was like it was like reading a love letter to the fans of that game all these years playing that game i was i was blown away it is amazing to think and i remember it was a game that i didn't really get into because you know, I've never really been a huge fan of that genre. Uh, not that I'm not. I've just never really stepped into it. Uh, but I had a couple of friends that were, I mean, they were head over heels for Final Fantasy. And I remember, I mean, how many discs did that original game come with? It was like it's three or four. <laughs> it was a whole lot. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of game to play. Uh, but it is cool to see that a lot of, well, not a lot, but there are some classic games that are being uh, remastered. Uh, some better than others. Some are some are met with uh, not the greatest reviews. Like for example, I uh, one of my favorite games or, or series of games is the Mafia uh, series on PC, and um, the, they kind of remastered, as they like to say it, remastered and re-released the entire trilogy of those games. And uh, the original, which was made uh, 2001 or 2002, it was a significant upgrade, as you can imagine. Uh, the technology has it's it's jumped leaps and bounds since then. So uh, that was uh, a welcome introduction into the series of games. The second and third, which were made, I believe, in 2009 and then 2014, uh, those were not so well received. They were. Um, not complete. They were pushed out too early, buggy, um, and the updates were not really expected or delivered very much or on time. 
and it was basically seen for what it was, which was kind of like a, a, a Band-Aid slammed on top of an old version of a game and re-released as a new version of a game. And that yeah, happens a that. lot. Yeah, and that happens a lot. So that's understandable. But uh, uh, we got the, the new consoles. Jeremy, have you been able to dig the new consoles yet? Have you even seen one? No, <laughs> right? no. Um, all I've all I've done is read about them, and I usually I don't really run out and buy the newest console. I like to give that one time to get all the bugs worked out. Um, there are a lot of people that are really upset because they uh, got an order and then it was canceled or possibly stolen. I mean, Ugh. the the play the PlayStation Five has had a rough year from uh, the shipping. Uh, outfits that were being targeted to um steal the mass shipments i just i can't imagine whose christmas was ruined over that but once demand goes down people will stop stealing them and uh then you actually be able to get your hands on one so i'll probably get one in a couple of years you know, i still like my <laughs> ps4 pro i'm still good with my xbox one your xbox one there you go i've noticed that this year i've kind of you know at one point uh you know i i I had gotten to the point where I used the same television for both my console video game playing and my PC. And okay. um, I've gotten to the point where you know, at, at one point I'd unplugged my consoles to move, rearrange the room or something like that, or put a desk in. I can't remember. And I haven't plugged my consoles back up and I don't really miss it that much. And I think part of yeah. it, part of it is the ability. And I've said this on the show before, Man, I'm a tinkerer. Uh, you know, I love to, like, in sports games, I don't as much like to play the actual games as to, like, to to play the simulation games where I'm, like, the manager or the general manager and I get to pick the players and all this kind of stuff and you simulate the games and stuff like that. So I like to tinker uh, almost like, this is going to sound weird, but not, not almost like God mode in the games. Not trying to be like that. But, you know, b- the ability to mod PC games... Um, is really, really cool to me. And whereas designers of these games have a finite amount of time that they can build on these games and then they kind of have to just let that baby go and live in the world, a lot of these games have these communities where these modders are just as talented as the developers and they learn how to take the build of these games and make mods that make the games even cooler and better. And, you know, whereas a lot of times... You know, games can't have official names or specific types of music because of copyright issues or trademarks and things like that. And they can put that stuff in there. And it just brings a whole new level to PC games that you can find and dig into that console games just don't offer and can't offer um, because they, again, they have a, a, a finite developmental cycle. And that, to me, it's just it's made it to where I don't really plug up my console anymore. I just play PC games. Well, I also am a big supporter of PC games and not just because I build them, although I mean that, you know, I love to do that. But one of the reasons I love to do that is because that's a machine that has a guaranteed future. It's not going to be uh, worked into obsolescence so quickly. It can be upgraded. It can it can have more potential. You can't really upgrade your PlayStation or your Xbox past putting in some more storage. So the PC has has a lot of benefits. Oh, this is booting slow. Okay, well, you can overclock this, or you can put in a solid-state drive. There's lots of options that you have in the gaming PC world that you just don't get on the console side of things. Absolutely. See, now, I'm the opposite of you guys. I'm kind of... I used to be into PC gaming, and I got tired of all the mods. And, I mean, I'm sitting having to modify and tweak and everything else on servers, PCs all day. And so when I got home, I wanted something that I didn't have to mod. And I, yeah. that's where I kind of that, – that made me migrate more personally toward the console because literally all I've got to do is turn it on. Um, whatever the game is, it's pretty much going to work on it. Maybe not out the gate. It may have to update a little bit. But um, – you know, I can turn it on. It's kind of, I don't have to think about it. And then I turn it off and I go about my day. So, but I mean, I still understand the appeal of PC game. My son actually splits his time between both um, because he likes those mods as well. But then sometimes just the, uh, I just want to play. I, you know, it's kind of like they say, you know, a mechanic's car is usually the one that you don't work on. They, they never work on their own car all that much. Yeah. I yep. just got 
I was tired of tinkering under the hood. I totally get it. Your job's to tinker yeah. with, with computers and stuff. So when you get home, you don't want to do that anymore. You want to sit in front of a different screen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally understand. Uh, you know, Will, speaking of um, some of the headlines from this year, um, I, I believe since the last time that we had a show, uh, the U.S. government uh, was hacked. Um, that's an, yeah. an interesting story that, in itself. A sophisticated uh, malware campaign sent off by a Russian intelligence agency uh, and impacting yeah. local, state, and federal agencies and private companies, including Microsoft, according to the State Department and, uh, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the old CISA, rolls right off the tongue. And and the way they um, the way they went about this particular compromise, um, I'm I'm presuming you're probably going toward the the SolarWinds compromise, which yeah. really hit mm-hmm. a lot of networks. And it was very interesting how they did it because they didn't actually infiltrate the individual companies; they infiltrated SolarWinds update servers and injected their malware into an update. So in all on, and, and so what actually ended up happening is the legitimate company actually pushed their malware out for them. Mm. There you go. It. And for quite a while it was sitting there. So I, I honestly, I don't think we still know the extent of what damage could have been done. I know, um, Jeremy, I think that I send the article to you about whenever Mike, or I think I sent it to both of y'all about whenever you know, Microsoft basically unleashed, really like a nuclear bomb on them and did a lot to pull the systems back. But uh, there was there was a lot more going on under the hood with that particular hack that uh, it's, it's kind of scary to see what kind of power they really did have. And that was an ingenious way of going at it. You know, we're always talking on here. It's like, hey, update your stuff, update your stuff. Well, in this instance, the update was the problem. And uh, the bigger shock was the fact that this occurred back in June and we just found out about it like last week. So, that was kind of a mind blow, like how much took place in those several months. That's like six months. So the amount of damage that they could have done, the amount of uh, enumeration of a network, uh, infiltration, there's there's no telling. So I, I, I'm curious to find out what all they did. It's good to know that their legs have been taken out, but they had those legs for six months. So how far did they crawl? Including, including through a federal election. Yes. Which is uh, interesting to note. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, that. That's a lot of interesting stuff. Let me ask you guys: Could could the damage done to our government or anybody's government, or let's say one of these, um, you know, multi-billion-dollar media conglomerates, or I should say, uh, technology conglomerates like a Google or an Amazon or a Facebook, for example? Or let's say a politician or a political party, uh, you know, I mean, could could there be a organized attack against one of these entities that's that's way worse and far more damaging than what we've seen? I mean, is that is that a is that is the ability to do that available right now? And if so, why do you think we haven't seen something like that? Uh, My well, opinion is. I mean, we just saw just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if, if y'all noticed the uh, the Google outages that were happening. Google started rejecting emails, saying, "Oh, that email address is invalid for valid email addresses." Someone was messing with Google, and to be able to make a hit on that big of a company, that's that's some pretty significant uh, that's some pretty significant inroads. You, you, that's not that's not somebody sitting in their basement, you know, munching on little debbies and breaking into that. That was pretty pretty serious. <laughs> One of the most baffling things about technology is that, you know, your computer can be running just fine, but there can be a uh, security hole that can be exploited that can allow somebody into your machine without you having to do anything. That's that's a pretty frightening aspect of technology. Uh, So, yeah, absolutely. That that capability is out there. It's just it's up to the well, the tinkerers and the hackers to figure out where those vulnerabilities are. And the hope is that the white hat hackers, the, uh, the good guys will say, uh, bring those exploits to light before someone can actually do anything damaging with them, which happens a lot, but not all the time. I mean, there's also black hat organizations whose job is to dig up these holes in security programs and, and operating systems and, 
all different devices to be able to do these things. And then they either use that themselves or they sell it. So, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, there are over 130,000 what we call ports or basically entryways into your computer, into a network, into into those different technology devices. Everything everything on your network talks across these ports, over 130,000 of them. We have to, on the IT side, we have to defend all 130,000 points of entry into our castle. The bad guy only has to find one that we let our guard down on. Wow. So, and and older technology has the problem of using things that were convenient but really, really dumb, like default <laughs> passwords. So if you have a password that's hard-coded into your system that's the supervisor-slash-admin password and you can't change it, then you have a massive security hole in your system. That was how Stuxnet crawled across the globe and infiltrated the Iranian nuclear program because they were they were able to exploit the ability to do that from machine to machine. Wow. And then you have universal plug and play that is still being used today that is is a, a major security goal. Um, Turn it off. Always. Right. A lot of things to Amen. think about. A lot of things to think about. Fellas, uh, thank you so much for uh, your work on the show this year. Uh, we get calls every single week, uh, folks saying, Love the show, love the work you guys do, and it's certainly not me. I'm just sitting here directing traffic to a certain extent. Uh, you guys are the guys uh, shooting, uh, troubleshooting problems and things like that and talking up all this great technology that we've got going on and things continue to evolve uh, week by week. It's the, this year, it seems like a million years ago, but this year started with us being on a streak of something like 12 out of 13 weeks where our show was preempted by... Um, impeachment hearings you remember that oh yeah it was like there was like we had one live show inside of like three months literally november december and january we had like one live show forgot what you guys looked like forgot what your names were (laughs) (laughs) we had to do a reintroduction to the show and anyway thank you guys so much for the work this year did a great job and uh we'll be back next week Starting the brand new year of Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10, right here on MPB Think Radio.